Now I can hear everything that you've been saying. Uh, I like that you got the mic. It's good. Thanks. It's technically my friend Eric's, but I can have it for now. And then if this, I wanted to see if this worked. It does work. It does. Yeah, I got it. I used it yesterday and, and they, NPR was psyched. They said it was NPR quality. So if it's NPR quality, then it's good enough for our quality, okay. which is a little less professional. Okay. First of all, Tony. I am the queen How? and the epitome of professionalism, oh, even sure. through my cum dump jokes. Yeah, I agree. You have some of the most professional cum dump jokes on the internet. And honestly, there are some true cum dump professionals who can't even make jokes as good as you about cum dumping. <laughs> Not cum dumping. <laughs> Come domping. Domping. Uh, hold on. I got to set up a. I don't know why you try to have a professional show when you just gave me my opener talking about come domping. Well, look, if you're just joining us from NPR, we're going to do a real tight show like we normally do about the state of the world, but we would be lying if we didn't have plenty to say about come domping. <laughs> With the original condoms herself. Darling, I want my gay rights now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay Power Half Hour, the only 30-minute podcast that's better than your hour-long podcast. I'm Tony Ooh. Soto. And I'm Casey, and I am feeling the sick burn leveled against every other podcast out there with an hour. You ain't got no hour, you know, girl. I've been, I've been in between uh, listening to White Fragility on Audible. I've also uh -huh. been listening to other people's podcasts. Not like, you know, I'm not going to name any specifically. I, I really like only two other podcasts, I think, in real life. And that is, of course, The Tony Soto Show because it uh, uh -huh. stars the amazing Tony Soto. <laughs> and uh -huh. um, I'm super into Meatball's sloppy seconds. Love those. I fucking, I fucking love them. So, and of course, Big Dipper. Big Dipper and Meatball. But, um, but no, there's a lot of bad shit out there, man. <laughs> well, there's a lot of content out there. A lot of people have a lot of time for content. And I think one thing that we are not regularly... Um, praised for is our desire to not fucking waste your time okay we've got 30 minutes you've got a ton of other podcasts to listen to out there you know yeah. and we have things to say real hot takes real dirty jokes <laughs> real fun times that you're not going to get during these crazy times nope. anywhere else and also we're just like go on and get on with the rest of your day People are like, we literally have nothing else to do. And it's like, well, fucking figure it out, okay? And people are even asking us for more. Like, people even ask us. They're like, do more time. And uh, we, we've given you a little bit of that lately. We have, we have talked an awful lot. Hi, Casey. How are you, Casey Lai? How are you doing? How are you holding up? How's the world? I'm, 
Doing pretty well. And I do want to say, I mean, I, I don't want to like uh, uh, jump the gun here, but um, if uh, you're hearing this and it sounds like I'm not talking on a phone or into into uh, audio uh, headphones as a microphone, that's because, not because we're next to each other. It is because I have a microphone now. Did I buy it? No, Tony, I didn't take your advice, but did I borrow it from a friend? Yes. So we have a, we have a just like the uh, Trump administration, uh, Casey loves to put Band-Aids on bullet wounds, you know? <laughs> 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 Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. For the okay? moment. For we the are moment. thriving. And you put we pressure on it, please. Put some pressure on it. Everything's fine. Well, listen, yes. and, and um, you know, it's it's just something I've been asking you to do because you know, Casey likes to uh complain and say that uh he feels because he sounds like he's on the phone, that he's just a guest, a perpetual yeah. guest on the Tony Soto show. Yeah. And um and we all know that's not true because I well, choose really great guests. And uh, <laughs> true. And also, we all know this is not the Tony Soto show. This is the Gay Power Half Hour. Oh. And on the Gay Power Half Hour, we don't ever have guests because we don't have time. No, it's thirty minutes. And listen, we try to do guests on occasion, but it, it, it is just not enough time. We have at least we have, you know, I have at least twenty-five minutes worth of content to talk every every. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, that, and that's, I mean, the Gay Power Half Hour also was our second name for the podcast. Uh, the first name was going to be Guess Our Pests and not Welcome Here. And <laughs> so we just kind of went with the one that seemed a bit more inclusive. Um, Tony, how are you doing? You know, I'm okay. I'm okay. I, um, so I, <laughs> if I can just live my uh, real truth, <clears throat> I've, I've, I've weaned myself off the Wellbutrin. Really? Yeah, because I've been dealing with some, uh, uh, this is the gay power half hour, we live honest lives here. I've been dealing with yeah. some jawline acne. acne that I'm not that fucking fond of. <laughs> and so yeah. I've been, you know, and, and you know, stress is a major contributor for it, I'm finding. But uh, with my research, I'm also learning that allergy medicine and antidepressants can also affect it. And so I'm in the process now oh. of kind of like weaning myself off of uh, both allergy medicine and uh, antidepressants, and I can feel the effects of taking off of both. <laughs> oh, that's in that's interesting. Um, um, like in a you feel like Wellbutrin is just is it is designed to make you feel like lighter, like happier, like a little less weighed down by life's great mystery right and i'm not on it and i'm not on, on a huge dosage of it either but i do take it daily and and so now i'm kind of like in the process where i'm kind of itchy and allergy-y but also a little sad at times um but the acne's clearing up so which should probably make you happy. yeah so i'm like okay um, well a little less itchy yeah so yeah. I, I was like and honestly it's just like with everything going on uh, the way it is. And like, you know, uh, there was a, a really strong movement with all the black uh, drag performers in Chicago recently, um, where they're holding their uh, community leaders uh, accountable. And um, I, I, I had the pleasure of diving right into that drama, which was so like, maybe feel like I was home again. Um, but like, but like with everything else going on, and like the, the news being shitty, it's like, stress, it's like, of course, you have facial breakups and then, or breakouts, and then I got in my head about it. But I'm better now. I'm better. Right. I'm better. And, I'm better. I'm better, and I'm best. I'm living my best and life. I, and I'm not going to name any names, but I do know a specific uh, problematic drag queen in Chicago that you've not 
particularly liked for a long time. And so I imagine this is it T-Rex? Because that's who we're talking <laughs> about. Imagining the schadenfreude you are feeling that's who at someone talking. finally being called out in this day and age. Maybe that cleared your acne right up. I mean, it's just good that someone's finally saying her name. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's like this drag queen has had like a specific amount of power in Chicago a long time. And she's held it against people of color. She's held it against queens of color. And, uh, and, like that, that and, and and uh since we talked about it on the Tony Sutter show this week, uh, with Pearl as our guest, but like since she's issued an apology, but like yeah. here's the thing: the, the black community, the black community, queen community gave her 72 hours to respond. Bitch, take at least 24 of them. You know, make us make us think that you are actually looking at the problem and looking at yourself and internalizing it, girl, because you just came five hours after the list of demands were given to you and you come back with a fucking uh, eight page uh, 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 statement already, already edited well, she, out or already sure. like- I would imagine she had a PR team that was aware that of her problematic fucking past. And so as a result, they were like, you know, it's like when the New York Times pre-writes an obituary for someone, you're like, how'd they get that out so fast? And it's like, <laughs> oh, well, we saw this coming for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, and so you know, perhaps that was real. Well, see, the thing is, and, and, the, and, and Tranica literally is the type of drag queen who um, has set out to destroy certain drag queens that then get involved with the talk show or with the game show and they get fame from the game show. And so then Tranica has had to spend her career backpedaling and kissing the asses of the people who she once tried to fucking obliterate from the community at, because they're more famous than she is and she needs them. So it was always like these like apologies to all of them, anyone who can like boost her up and put her in a better right. But any of these fucking young and aspiring girls, uh, uh, especially girls of color in Chicago that know that her shows are the shows that you have to get on, in order to get seen, she fucking well, need to stop that shit up. She loved that you know, power. Well, that's, I mean, to, you know, to pull out a lesson from the Chicago drag community and to plop it into the bigger real world, um, I do think that it is time that um, uh, for the people to, either you're like, if you haven't been an ally in the past and you have power, you either, um, uh, I mean, either you're going to get called out real hard like this. And then as a result, I, you know, it's hard to like make the case that that person deserves to be in the position of power where she can fucking dole shit out. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the thing that we're going to really see right now is like, like, um, how long will the um, energy of this particular movement and this moment in time last? Because like, like we're people being held accountable now, but it's like, are we going to support um, uh, black people and people of color in all of these various fucking industries? And then also like see which people were being allies um, in the past before this and not just jumping on an ally bandwagon yeah. to make it seem like, um, uh, you know, they're benefiting from it. And I think that's something to watch, you know, like, like, you know, we still for, for, for now live in, in a world where, you know, consumerism is what drives so much stuff. And it also drives so much of what is done, uh, when it comes to a right standpoint, you know, it's like, what's good for your bottom dollar is um is is often proven to be what's good for like like other groups in society who have been marginalized but um and, and you know and the thing is is people want to talk about like uh 
Well, she said she was sorry. And I'm like, girl, she's got years to atone for. Like this has been going on since before uh, uh, Trixie got on Drag Race. You know what I mean? Like this has been happening yeah. for fucking years. So just because this is the faggotry that we're seeing now on the social media. Our people are like, not enough, girl. Not enough. And, and, and people are like, come on, she's apologizing. How quick, how quick are we to forgive fucking people uh, uh, in this situation and, and, and blow it over when, when we're not even taking into consideration how many years it's been? Like I posted the video on my Twitter of the Chicago drag queen that called her out publicly at a rally out in Boys Town because it was sent to me by six different people. And I was sitting there waiting on Twitter, just on pins and needles, waiting for the first person to share that video. Because if six yeah. people sent that video to me, that, I don't even know how many people are. And I waited hours, Casey. Like people were not, and, and, and this is the thing too. We, uh, Two Trucks just commented that she wishes that it was the white, uh, that there were white queens that signed the list of demands as well. And, and, and you're absolutely right. Because if you look at the Chicago drag scene, it's all the white voices that are being super quiet right now, liking things, sharing things appropriately. But like, this runs deeper. And, and you know, I'm from Chicago. Chicago is my roots. And I have seen with my own eyes and heard with my own ears, Tranica try to eliminate people. And, yeah, I mean, and, that and in its own right. I mean, I don't want to all the while, you know, make her into a fucking... Oh, go all ahead. the while riding coattails of famous drag queens, sure. getting a name for herself, getting followers, having this internet basis. And then, you know, the whole idea of the Chicago drag scene is very painted beautifully. It is. And don't get me wrong, I'm not discounting it. There's a lot of community there. There's a lot of community in Chicago. But, um, but when it comes to this specific person, like, it's Stockholm Syndrome. Like, once you leave... Once you leave Chicago, you see, and thankfully, Tranica never fed me. She never paid my bills. So I don't owe right. her shit. Well, I don't know anything about Tranica um, as a person or as a boy. Um, I know a little bit about Tranica as a drag queen, and I hear what you're saying. And, and, and I think, you know, again, if I think one thing that um, gay white men can allow themselves to think a lot of the times is because of our sense of marginalization from our youth and because of our sexuality, that one, we get things more than we actually do without doing the work. And two, we um, uh, um, have an excuse for playing a hard game or even sometimes being fucking victimizers because of our victimhood in the beginning of you know our whether perceived or real and again i don't know anything about trinica but i just do think that like you know in any other sort of like it's in performance um and especially in the drag world especially now that there is a shining golden fucking ticket which is the rupaul's drag race that things probably because of that show have gotten more cutthroat in the uh drag queen performance world which is like a criticism of it i would imagine but um the point is to not let people off the hook for bad behavior and and I'm also for redemption if, you know, but again, redemption is, yeah. is big, bigger than a, than a press release and, 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 and a day. Well, people are telling, or people are asking me, like the question I'm getting the most now, is she canceled? Is she canceled? First of all, I, listen, you and I have discussed this with our ideas of cancel culture and how it's affected us recently. And, um, and, 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 and quite frankly, there is enough out there on the internet that I 
Like, Both let's stay we'll out there. You know what I mean? Don't get us famous because I'm not a deleter. We'll I'm not a deleter. I don't delete what I said. I'm hoping that you watch it and you see my growth. You know what I mean? But there's a lot yeah. of shit out there where I say problematic shit as well. But like, it's about the path you take. You know what I mean? I actually, I actually think that your growth is less visible now that you went off the well butrin. <laughs> You can barely see it, Tony. You look great. How um, dare you? <laughs> well, I hear you 100%, but, um, and I don't want to I, I jump too deep into this, but I do. Let's you know, go back to actually doing something positive and praising the Chicago queen who's slaying the drag queen competition on the TV, Shea Coulee. Um, and oh, that's just yeah. Saying, you know, for, oh, every, yeah. You know, for every, for every uh, crap. Well, listen, she was, there, she was the better POC person out there. I mean, Shea Coulee. Shea Coulee was literally one of the queens that I watched Tranika try to obliterate from the scene. Because, well, because that because, just proves the insecurities of Tranika. Well, because, whereas, well no, it, it came down to uh, Shea Coulee publicly said, I'm tired of tokenism. I'm tired of being your fire Cheeto joke. I'm tired of all of that shit. She stood up to her. This has been happening for years. This is what, I, this is what the world and the internet does not understand. From the beginning, the moment that Tranika got a microphone and the ability to host a show, she used her time to gather the tokens around her and fucking get, but make sure you were definitely going to be the butt of a joke, a racist joke. All right. And she'd be, she'd yell Jew on the fucking microphone for no reason. It's like, girl, stick to the jokes where you're talking about your dad fucking you. Cause uh, you know, false oh, well, or not. There's the victimhood from beforehand. Well, false, true, true or not, <laughs> stick to that. Cause that's what you know, girl. Yeah. That's what you know. I mean, I mean, you know, as I've always said, Tranica is the Donald Trump of drag. I've always said that from the beginning that I met her, even before Donald Trump was president, I was like, who's this fucking bitch getting up here, making a big deal, yelling Jew into the microphone. Yeah. She's the Donald Trump of drag. And, 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 and honestly, a girl who doesn't fucking perform and drag. Anyway, but yeah, you're right. I don't. Well, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. I, mean, I don't want to drag her anymore. I, well, that wasn't on the list of things we're going to talk about, but it sure was something good. Well, we talked I, about it on the Tony Soto show too. But here's the thing: it's very, very important because the 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 picture from the outside world into the Chicago drag scene is one of all. Like people are people. The the, the talent is through the roof. Like it, it's an amazing scene but it's all centered around this really negative force and it's an abuse setup and it's Stockholm syndrome when you escape. It's like, um, I mean, okay. I, I mean, I, 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 this is my, my, my only question that I have, when you say it's all centered around this negative, is that because Tranaga has like the biggest show in Chicago? Like, she, is that she the has, she has made it, made it sure that her shows, cause the thing is, it's like every hotel huh. of every famous drag queen, she gets all the famous drag queens. So people want to come to that well, show. I hear that. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that, that, that is, a th I mean, you know, the biggest show in LA for the longest time were um, two white gals. The boohoos. And yeah, the boohoos. Um, but, people, but you know, the boohoos were but, never discriminatory and but, they had diverse people all the time. So, but I hear you 100%. And I guess the only thing I mean is like, you know, I mean, my favorite drag queen from Chicago is, you guessed it, the Vixen. <laughs> I was waiting for you to be like me, I'm, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't a Chicago queen, even when I was a Chicago queen. Um, I, I, anyway, 
Yeah, no, but I, I'm, I mean, I, it also, but, but this is, this is what's important about it. I mean, it's like, like every community needs to be hopping into these discussions right now, or else we're wasting this moment. And I think, you know, uh, uh, um, serious, yeah. And that's like, and 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 I thought I was like um, making, I thought I wasn't really making any headway with some like family members and stuff like that. But a family member told me recently about a letter they sent to an organization they're part of, asking why it is like not diverse and asking those questions in a way that was super super productive and i'm just very proud of said person so um, i mean did you um, did you see this it's just uh, it's stuff like that people like like we just need we like they're like i oh, would go ahead what, well, I see what? well no no i'm just saying like um i'm not on facebook but you know i love that twitter and so i woke up this morning and someone had posted someone had posted hey do you know any black editors out there send them my way if you know any black editors and then, uh, and this was on Facebook apparently. And then, just a sea of fucking. I editing is apparently a white-dominated industry. You know, like apparent, like maybe ninety-five percent. I could be making them that, that's, but I know it's a lot of fucking white folks. And it's just a sea of white fragility saying that's illegal. Why are you just looking for a black? Because because I can't find it in a sea of white. Because at this well, point, you guys, there's so many of you that you have. It's not good chocolate and, milk anymore. You know what I mean? Can I tell you? So my uncle, my uncle is an editor of reality television shows in Los Angeles. And um, he, I know for a fact that he gets a lot of his gigs through friends and networking and word of mouth. And let's be real. If you have an industry that is super white to begin with, and you have a white people, bunch of white people in it, they're not friends with as, as many black people and other people of color as uh, other people of color are. And so as a result, all of this networking and word of mouth getting passed from one job to another is something that happens for white oh, people. Oh, it's proof that so, they yes, don't have black friends. You need to exactly. have that out there. Yeah. Well, but it's not, you know, and it's just, it's just and, or, or they're not even thinking of their black friends first, yeah. you know? Or, and, and I think there is also this stereotype. You know who I'm obsessed with is this Christian Cooper, um, the bird walking, uh, the bird watching um, uh, gay man in Central Park who filmed Amy Cooper who, with on the her dog leash. Freak out. Yeah, we talked about because it because he's such like a smart, capable, um, nerdy human human being. You know, who was not asking to be thrust into the into the the uh, uh, the limelight here. It just was on, on circumstances. This happened the same day that George Floyd. Um, uh, was killed. And so um, it just, those two things in tandem were kind of the sparking of this movement. And, and, and of course, like Amy Cooper should be less of this, but Christian Cooper was so interesting because he's such, he's like a foundational member of like Central Park bird watching, you know, and like, and, 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 you know, I think, I think my point in connecting to these two, to these things are like editing is this like nerdy job for like people who love to be in the, in a dark room, like, like hyper-focusing on something. <laughs> And like people don't associate that with POCs. Hey, guess what? Everyone's fucking every. Everyone is everything. Everyone is everyone is way more fucking less stereotypical than you've ever described them you know, or thought about them being. And so just like give people a motherfucking chance. And there's also how about this? You fucking privileged fucks. There are so we talking about editors, white white people, <laughs> white people. <laughs> like like how dare you not? look and think that maybe there are black stories that through editing you can't tell like that that's the thing it's like there are there's there there are stories 100. out there that that need to be 100. told and expressed through faces of color especially if it represents their fucking 
face color. Like, and for you to be like, and for white people to have dominated industry for fucking decades to suddenly be like, oh, how dare you? Listen, the job's probably gonna go to you still any fucking way you piece of shit, because there's so many goddamn of you. So why don't you just shut your fucking mouth and stop sharing your feelings on the goddamn internet? Because I mean, you're gonna lose your fucking job and you're gonna blame it on black people, but it's well, your own stupid fucking fault. And, <laughs> and I think what, you know, a, a, an uncomfortable truth for white allies right now is the understanding that like, like being in support means understanding that we need to lose some space in this world. We are giving up a little bit of this. <laughs> uh, and, and honestly, a little bit. Let's be real. A little bit of space. But that's a real fucking thing. Yeah, we're just we're, asking, we have you, to just, give we're up just space. asking you to take your feet off the goddamn couch. Can you take your feet <laughs> off the couch? Make some room. You have to lay down everywhere, you lazy yes, fucking white yes, devil. Yes, I do. Okay, because my back hurts because I've been scrunched over this computer editing all day long. And so I need to scrounge out, lounge out on my chaise lounge, my fainting lounge couch, whatever you want to call it up in the north. Down here, we call it a chaise lounge fainting couch for my vapors because I'm an editor, <laughs> you know? And it's like, grow the fuck up. Um, but it's true. And then, you know, we've all grown accustomed to this, you know? And, and I think, um, you know, it is that fear, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's my, it goes back to the question is how much of this do how much effort do the whites have I, in them for all of I this? I just in wish the long run. I just wish that more people would fucking listen to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> because because here's yeah, the well. thing. I I there is something that is because here's the thing. Latinos, Mexicans, and whatnot are very prejudiced towards black folks. Like that is no joke. My father distinctly told me. Uh, when I was growing up, that the reason that white people like us Mexicans more than blacks is because we're closer to their uh, skin tone. That was told to me as a child. And here's the thing: I was I, white privilege was encouraged onto me by my Mexican father, and that is yep. that that weighs on me all the time. Like like a Mexican person who has a beautiful and amazing uh, uh, culture throws that away because he escaped that to come here and live this Brady Bunch bullshit. So right. I saw problematic yeah. white people that were in my family. I saw white privilege. I saw, and they're not rich, but they fucking haven't been shot dead. And there've been times they probably should have. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's intra-family stuff. Um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, we're, uh, if we were gun owners, someone would have gone. Someone would have had a fucking shoulder shot at one point. <laughs> that just goes to show you why the guns shouldn't be in the hands of most of the peoples, you know? Because the peoples are going to be killing each other. Well, listen, and, well, hold on real quick. Two Trek says that Latinos are super racist. I just want to be clear with this. Latinos are super prejudiced. They don't really have the power to instill things that keep down uh, or to, to like uh, raise their privilege. So, you know, but yes, they, they, they hear the racist shit for sure. They like, no, 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 You just told me that uh, whites and Latinos were equally as bad. So I'm just, <laughs> I wanted to make sure, I want to make sure yeah, that just, I know I'm bad. Listen, I know I'm bad, but you're just as bad, Listen, right? why folks, uh, Anglo-Saxons have to own racism. Racism is theirs. 
prejudice. We own everything. But, but, we own everything but, but, except but, but, racism. That's everyone. But prejudice. Oh, I know. Y'all want to have your hands in every fucking pot. But when it comes to racism, you're all like, oh, I'm not here. No, how not dare for you? Me. The thing is, nope. like, look, look, I can I can own my prejudice. Like I am I have prejudice. That's why I, I say that I'm a recovering racist because it's because well it sounds better. Uh then uh, you know, but but what I am now is I'm aware of my prejudice. And when it comes in my fucking head, I say, what the fuck are you doing with that stupid prejudice shit? You're sure. So I fight it every fucking day. And this is, and, and, and why people just don't want to fucking do that. But racism is yours. You all fucking built the laws. You all made the fucking systemic bullshit. Yeah. So it's yours. Prejudice is ours. Prejudice is everybody's. I'll own my prejudice, but you fucking own racism, you white to devil. To be a bit historically correct it was actually the spanish inquisition who made the moors into black people because um they needed a way to identify yeah, but they're fucking people. wasps too like let's be fucking honest like listen next i i know you you stopped me before i got to my jokey point oh, which I'm was sorry. It's latino's fault um i know where you were going i, want I know you where know you were going that it's a european it's a europe we uh, we own everything in our european past including all of the problematic fucking bullshit and i mean let's be let's move on let's just jump real quick yeah Let's just jump real quick. Sorry, talking yeah. about prejudice, talking about all white people, talking about all this and that. We now have a president of the United States who is literally defending the Confederacy, <laughs> Confederate statues, Confederate heroes on the names of our honored and cherished military institutions. And I um, just think that we have entered into a into a new bizarro phase. These like like they've gone so off the rails. I've, I've spent the last week watching a bunch of Civil War documentaries and like oh. also some stuff about Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson is President Trump's most favorite president because someone fucking told him he needed to have a favorite president. So he went out and picked literally the most racist one, the one who killed the most fucking Indians, the one who fucking like, like, uh, and then also gave white people the most understanding of their own foundational democracy. Like he made, he gave us a democracy that we have. That's why like people, you know it's hard to ignore all of his atrocities but he was just yeah. he's the only he's the last president who literally killed people with his bare hands like he like shot like he he like uh dueled and shit like he's 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 a mess and he also did whatever the fuck he wanted he was a tyrant so but the point but the point like there's a there's a clear line from 18 fucking 16 you know to now like we're, we're, we are, we are, we have not changed because we have not evaluated our biggest fucking issues in any sort of constructive way. We have wiped them all or, or pushed, br brushed them all under the fucking rug. And this is America's, I, in my opinion, last chance at a fucking reckoning, you know, because, um, there's not much time left, you know, back in 18 fucking, you know, the sixties, like the country would have fucking ended, but everyone wasn't like, Oh, a nuclear bomb from uh, North Korea or the environment's going to destroy us. Sure. Plagues and pestilence and all that stuff in wars. But like the idea of the earth ending because of our decisions is a much clearer thing now than it was in the fucking past, you know? And so now is our last chance to really define these issues that we've been struggling with, with for fucking 200 and some odd fucking million years, you know, in this fucking country. And, and we have, have a president of the United States who is who this is what they are they the him and his supporters look at themselves as the confederacy the rebels the rebels who are standing up for the last white man in this fucking it place, lasted okay? five years I wore kickwear jeans longer than the confederacy fucking lasted 
You know what I mean? Like I shopped at Gadzooks at the mall longer than the Confederacy lasted. <laughs> Fuck out of my face. And here's the thing. I got to tell this to the white folks out there because finally I'm, we're back around. I love how everything's cyclical because we're back to my life. Yeah. It, I'm, it's acceptable for me to be fucking telling you about <laughs> yourselves. But like my HIV is double the age of the Confederacy. But it's gotta okay? be right. But it's gotta be. We gotta stop giving a fuck about what makes you all comfortable. Like when I'm talking about owning racism, then you have to fucking regardless of whether it makes you uncomfortable or not. Because here I was, I was on the internet the other day, and I saw a fucking little video where this uh, uh, little black boy is in his own fucking uh, driveway shooting hoops. And then he sees a fucking cop car and he hides behind his fucking parents' vehicle in his own driveway while, until the cop car leaves and then resumes playing. And this is the kind of shit Ugh. why your fucking comfort doesn't matter anymore. Because people, people have to, there are, uh, black and brown people have to wake up every day and they have to think, how am I not going to make white people uncomfortable? And white people are walking around being like, get over it. Stop. Listen, I didn't own slaves. Right. What the fuck kind of bullshit? No, but you've maintained the mentality of slave owners. So right. fuck you own that. You goddamn racist bastards. And, and it's like, you know what? You know what? If you want to say that and highlight the point that you don't own slaves, go for it but also acknowledge that fucking um black people are dying every fucking day at the hands of police and at the fucking hand and in fucking hospitals right now at rates out of fucking control in 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 uh alabama in montgomery uh i was reading something they they the fucking city council the city council just um uh dismissed a proposal to make sure everyone was wearing face masks. Montgomery is having one of the biggest spikes right now. Their hospitals are fucking full. The doctors in the audience walked out in disgust because they know what's about to happen. And they said 90% of the people fucking dying in the hospitals are African-Americans. Yeah. So don't fucking talk about this happened in the past. Don't fucking talk about you don't have any fucking responsibility because everything is still fucking happening. Okay, and just because you don't own slaves doesn't mean that fucking black people are not fucking treated like shit in this country. Yeah. And it's just fucking, and it's like now, and that's what it's like we got, we are not good as, as I am not good as a white person, you are not good as a Latino person in this country until black people are protected in this country because you, you, you are only as good as, as those that, you know, need you the most. And yeah. queer people need you. And we didn't even, we just did a whole show and didn't even talk about the biggest fucking like queer rights ruling in the longest in, 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 in Because in, who, because, in, because, because, because listen, yes, it's momentous that the Supreme Court, I'm very like awesome, like two, like it was kind of overwhelming when only three dissented, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, but you the know, three you, worst. But, but you look at it this way and you're like, like since George Floyd, there are still black people being added to the list of being murdered by police, and and there are and they are trans, uh, uh, black and brown women yeah. too, and a fucking lot of them. And so here's the thing: it's like, oh, yes, it's momentous that we can't be discriminated by work anymore. How are we gonna fucking stop them from being murdered? How are we gonna stop and like and like real legit fucking. Uh, uh, sociological ways like like approaching approaching the issue of racism misogyny transphobia fucking uh, uh uh sex work discrimination um like like all of the things 
And yeah, you know, and it's like, I mean, also, uh, and, and we can go along uh, the, uh, the, I, the, <laughs> The um, the executive order that Donald Trump signed about um, uh, police reform. Yeah, you know he signed a toothless thing, and and one thing that it did was um, it said that cops couldn't use force unless they felt threatened for their lives, and um, right and right, you know we're and in Atlanta uh, and nothing about uh, qualified immunity, by the way, nothing. Nothing about qualified immunity, nothing about chokeholds, you know, the things that are like, are like immediate, you know, and um, in Atlanta, was it Rashad Brooks was killed because a cop said he feared for his life because the um, because his stun gun was was stolen from him and shot at him. A stun gun does not. Kill was it you. set to kill, buddy? Life. Was it set to but kill? Not your huh? life. Yeah. And the other thing is, in a lot of these times, you know, you in a lot of these stories you read, uh, you know, they try to be like, oh, Michael Brown went for my gun. Um, you know, it's always like the um, the person the cops just killed went for uh, our weapon, so we had to kill them. And the video comes out, and the person was fucking either walking away or running away, and they get shot in the fucking back without the fucking person's weapon that, of course, they after the fact planted on the fucking person. You know, so like, 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 like it, th that shit is bullshit. But also, maybe stop carrying weapons of fucking murder, fucking weapons of destruction on you, so people can't steal them. Because if you don't have those, you know who do doesn't have weapons fucking black people because they're not allowed to have weapons in this country yeah okay so like 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 uh the second amendment still is the like most racist fucking bullshit amendment because um it's just a bunch of white people in fucking like podunk fucking states using their rights and like that's you know killer mike's all about like we black people need to support the second amendment because we need guns because no one else is fucking protecting us and you know and that's the, and the that's, police reform starts with their weapons yeah yeah and 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 uh, it it just it, there's there's nothing people are still hitting the streets and that and that is still so encouraging that people are still out there and they're and they're protesting and they're being heard um but but like we have to remember that we are very close to november that this is a big election you have to fucking start at this point start researching all of your local fucking elections that's where it starts. Remember, this starts in your neighborhoods because if it comes, if, if, if this COVID bullshit hasn't taught us anything, is that the federal government currently in its state being run by that uh, alleged child rapist, they don't want to protect us unless we're a Republican, uh, like it was a Republican politician and in power, they don't care. So at this point, you need to make sure that your neighborhoods and your your counties are set up in a way politically that it is taking care of you all. Because shit, when it all comes down, falling, crashing from the top, yeah, you better hope that where you live immediately is has a nice fucking padding around you. Well, and that's, you know, that'll be an interesting thing to see on this is, you know, a lot of people have been saying for a long time, um, just in general, that we just need everything needs to be more lo local, you know, and unfortunately, it gets uh, wrapped up in like, a, um, you know, a lot of conservatives are like states rights, states rights, states rights, we don't want your oppressive federal laws in our states, you know, but really, it's even more local than that, like community cop like police forces should be community based. They should not be fucking like all these like crazy uh, 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 state run 
grouped together forms of like racists from the worst parts of the states, you know, yeah. being thrown onto fucking um, every fucking other part of the state and cities and all of that. So, so lo local does matter. And I, look, I'll admit to have being, um, um, you know, forever, much more of a, like, a, um, you know, people will call me a centrist. I call it more of like a, like election oriented realist, you know, where I'm like, I want all of these things, but like, we still need to win, especially in these super dark times. You're the but lady who wears the hats on Mrs. Uh, uh, Mrs. America. You're the, on Mrs. America. Yeah, you're the lady. You're the lady who wears the hats. Oh, oh yeah. I'm the. I'm the. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah thank yeah, you. Yeah. For a second, I thought you were saying I was Kate, uh, but I'm the. I'm the. Um, the older. The older. Um, Zoftig one. But thank you. And I feel like. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember who you're talking yeah. about. The congresswoman. She was amazing. Uh, Bella. Um, and point of all of that is, yeah, you know, like there, especially in these times. And I, but but when it comes to local elections, anything is possible. And, you know, I, I have, I, I, like, I've been- Joe Exotic almost could have won. Well, sure, <laughs> you know, but also like, 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 um, like when people are not watching, people like AOC can win. And in fucking, um, and in fucking, uh, like Elliot Engel, who is also a long-term, like, you know, democratic fucking, just like old man playing the game, um, uh, who's been there for forever. He's got a challenger who's about to beat him too. And, but even on a lower scale- Oh wait, this crazy lady. Can we talk about the crazy lady real quick then? Um, uh, she, oh, she's a congress. In, she's running for congress. Right? Oh well, I had, there was this. There was a Republican uh, woman who won a dis, who won a Republican primary in um, northern Georgia, and it's super red. And then she, of course, just had a bunch of hours of racist Facebook videos just released on her, you know, and like it is one of those things where it's like for all of the like you know democrats getting caught with meth and gay prostitutes and things like that it's like that is a bummer sure but also what about the hours of racist fucking facebook videos that republican con fucking politicians have and but you know that woman will become a congresswoman because she's in a you know a super red fucking gerrymandered district but what but again the point is you're like anything is possible if enough fucking liberal people get together in any fucking city anywhere because the conservatives are voting in the fucking school board elections. Liberals need to do that too. That was yeah. the whole point of that whole fucking rant. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway. I didn't mean to step on you either with that other story. No, I whatever. Could... I, I got a, I got a, uh, I got a little ranty there at the end. So okay. I was happy to. All right. I got ranty or you got ranty? I think I got ranty. Okay. I think we shared some equal rant. I mean, we, we were literally talking before how we're like, we only do this 30 minutes. Uh, but we do, we've gone long a lot lately. Equal rants for all. <laughs> Equal rants for all. I feel better. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Isn't that always great? Do you feel better? Oh, I wait, feel better did too. you suck in my negative energy, Casey? I hate to hear no, it. No, 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 no. I sucked it in, but then blew it right back out. Yeah, I feel That's what good. Casey says. Casey <laughs> says that I come in here all negative and then I leave feeling great and he's all glum. But you know Guys, what? Guys, if you watch this show and listen to this show and know this show, you understand that I'm like a serious empath. And Tony <laughs> is like, um, and a Buddhist. And Tony is like super fucking negative sometimes and so sometimes i just enjoy that and i i just absorb it and at the end of like some of his his stuff i'm he's like i feel light and airy and i'm like oh, same oh, oh, oh. i walked up more oh. <laughs> anyway. like i said i feel great casey uh tell people where they can find you 
So you can hear me this Friday. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. I'm so sorry. NPR podcast game show or the NPR game show. Ask me another. Uh, my good Juju, Juju B, Solomon Giorgio, and I um, compete against each other like fierce fucking competitors. Um, and you can see it it'll, should be out Friday at five, but you can download Ask Me Another podcast. It was really fun. five Pacific Standard. Um, who knows? Um, uh, no, it airs. It airs on people's NPR affiliates throughout the weekend. So ask me another. Find it. Um, and if they didn't, I didn't say anything offensive. Uh, but I still feel like several things will be edited out because I'm me. And uh, then please follow me, KCWLEY on Twitter, KCLEY on Instagram, KC-LEY on Venmo. But don't send me anything. Just send it to bail funds and Black Lives Matters and Black uh, Trans Alliances throughout the country, wherever you are. Uh, Tony, what about you? If you like this show, uh, why don't you go to the Gay Power Half Hours iTunes page and like it, uh, rate it, leave a comment for us. Let us know what you think. Um, uh, I do the Tony Soto Show every week. This week we have Pearl on as our featured guest, as well as our guest co-host, Miss Sarah Andrews, back again. We talk more about the Tranica stuff, too, there. Um, uh, I am the Tony Soto Show on everything. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Venmo. Uh, and PayPal and Cash App. We'll be back next week, right, Case? Uh, we certainly will, barring a major world disaster, which is possible. I know. So. All right, well, bye. Love you. Bye.